0: love Boogie Welcome to another episode of the Le Boogie Podcast This time I sit down with the Frenchman, Pierre-Louis Costes for a chat, finally We tried a few times to get this interview done He kept on avoiding me, said he was busy making movies and trying to win more world titles but the COVID-19 crisis allowed us to sit down for a Skype chat and now here it is, all for you. Boogie. Boogie. All right, well, let's just get on with it, eh?
1: Yeah, Joshua, finally.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the La Boogie podcast, finally, Pierre. Unfortunately, we're doing it in the context of um, the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, how are things in Portugal, where you are now? What's the vibe? What's the situation?
1: Yes, so so to be honest, Portugal um, somehow managed really well the situation compared to other countries in Europe. There, ah. there are a few f- factors explaining why, but um, basically um, well, to be honest, any anyway, it still means that we're locked down. Uh, but the uh-huh. situation is not as bad as uh, Spain or France or Italia. I mean, especially the medical uh, care system, you know, the mm. hospital are not full. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're not allowed to surf. We're not allowed to surf mm. uh, yet. But, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, been pretty, pretty, it's been pretty challenging, to be honest.
0: Mm. How long has it been without surfing now for you?
1: Um, I think, um, since it, maybe the 19th of March, I think that was the last time I surfed. I, uh, I remember because that...
0: That's now.
1: Yeah, that day is actually, um, canceled, like, the access to the beach.
0: Yeah, right. And, um, have there been swells that have come through during this period now, <laughs> which you've just had to watch and...
1: Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy because I actually, um... I'm not watching the forecast anymore.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: it, it's like some days. Actually, I don't even know what day it is. Like, it's, yeah. it's so like repetitive. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. here in Europe, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. I mean, I don't think, um, I don't think I think in Australia, I don't think it's as bad. I mean, like here, it's like when it first started, and everyone, everyone was like panicking. It, it was just chaotic. Like you mm-hmm. know, like one-hour line to go to the supermarkets and. And people were, were going crazy, and um, so everyone was just actually maybe that's also one of the reason. Like as as soon as um, the sta- the emergency uh, state was called, um, everyone really respected the rules, and uh, mm-hmm. so including us. And we were really staying at home, you know, not even going outside to train or anything. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, it's been it's been pretty wild. But yeah, I haven't I haven't been really thinking about surfing to be honest.
0: Do you think, um, you know, like that kind of disconnection from looking at the forecast and kind of being engaged with what could happen? Is, yes. You think that's made it easier to cope with the the lack of surfing, or were you kind of just happy to have a break?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just um, just mixed mixed feelings about about all of it. One one side of me is obviously like really, I right, was just really upset with the whole situation and. Mm. You know, it's definitely changing our lives, and uh, and I mean, it's, yeah, it's challenging, you know, especially for people like us that are just so used to, you know, to go outside and travel mm. and be in the water. It's it's hard, like, all of a sudden, it just take you away, uh, mm. kind of, your, your, free, your freedom, you know, and mm. I don't know, it's something it's hard to conceive. It's something that I never mm. thought I'd be living, you know, one day, mm. and um, one other side of me, uh, the one... The positive side is kind of really happy to be at home and actually take a real, like a real break, you know, like, mm. and the best part about it has been um, spending a lot of time with my son. You know, he's not not at school anymore and uh, we've been spending hours together, which is hard. It's very, very hard because he's like mm. at an age, he needs to exercise, he just needs to learn, he needs to play and... Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's difficult, but at the same time, I really see uh, him changing every day, him growing up, and I think our con- our connection is getting stronger. So mm. I, that's that's a real, real, real positive side. And yeah, we, we we kind of have to look at the positive sides in that situation. To don't get yeah. crazy.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's been a little different in Australia, like up in Foster, where I am. It's um, you know, there's restrictions, and you know, we're not meant to be going to the beach if we're not exercising so we can still go and surf and you know like we have a lot of um flexibility here in sydney it's a little different there's a bit more restriction a bit more kind of um harsher rules but yeah i mean where i'm living it's um you know it's so detached from those big cities and with all of that um proximity to other people you know so it's kind of been it's been very strange It's, it's very empty here now and it's um yeah, I try not to, I definitely don't brag about it because I know everyone else is like missing out on this kind of luxury, but it's been a very strange experience as well. It's it's hard, I've noticed, it's it's kind of hard to have, to be having so many rules on top of you with your yes. decisions in the day, you know? Like it's, it's been so weird to have to think about, you know, wanting to stop and talk to people in the street and, and just- that's actually illegal now. Like you can't more than three people in the street. So you can walk in pairs and if you stop, you're breaking the law technically. So it's very strange to get your head around it. But um, I think, yeah, I think it's a very unique moment in time. And, you know, for us with bodyboarding and this kind of leads into one of the questions I wanted to get to you today is that, you know, it looks as though the whole tour is off for the year. It looks like we've got a whole, year off crowning world champions yeah. and things like that i mean how does that feel for you as uh, as a guy that's you know you you had a very close you know very close loss of a world title last year like how does it feel for you coming into this year and having this sudden year just vanish before your eyes was it a relief was it a was it a gift in many ways like how do you feel about it
1: mm, well okay so so first of all like as every time i think and that every time I complain every time I I think that I'm unlucky or some you know some things like that mm-hmm. especially in that situation um, I always see this you know I always see what some of the people are doing obviously first of all people are dying which is mm-hmm. obviously the most like the heaviest thing about this virus and then um, mm-hmm. the, the people I feel the most about is the people you know like in hospital and uh, in a medical, no, just in the medical care system it's not a um they aren't allowed you know to just, to go home almost because they don't want to mm. because they don't want to um spread the disease with their families and mm. i have that luxury i have the luxury to be able to be with my son every day to kiss him mm. to hug him to play with him and some people don't
0: mm. and mm.
1: that and that's kind of the most important thing in life and then and then and then goes and then goes the 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 the, um, the other problem is the eco- economy right mm. And that's going to be the biggest hit for all of mm. us, uh, bodybuilders and everyone, everyone, mm. you know. And, um, and not missing a year or missing a year on tour, obviously, it's going to have an impact financially. Mm. And, um, and, I, and it's hard to know when the situation is going to get better. Mm. And as far as it goes, as how I feel about it, I think right now I was kind of upset maybe in the beginning like I said because I didn't realize how, how crazy the situation was, mm. the pro- disproportion uh, it will go to and uh, now it's kind of it's kind of uh, like I said we need to be positive and now I see it as a almost as, I don't want to say gift because you know people, people yeah. are suffering with this so no mm. I don't want to use the word mm. gift but maybe an opportunity to spend more time at home to really think and see what really matters, and yeah, try to spend quality time with the people that, you know, people I love, and um, and you know, I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know, this, we have to see the positive side, and this year off, maybe, is an opportunity to actually work on something stronger next year, because it was kind mm. of a real transition right now, I don't think everything was mm. ready, you know, and no. now, we have a lot of time ahead to actually make something real, and Concrete mm. for
0: next year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think for me, on on that question, it was very much like um, a rel- a relief. Like whilst also understanding the severity of the problem, but when it came to like the the reality that hey, I'm uh, I'm not gonna book tickets around yeah. the world for this year, and I'm not gonna, you know, it, it's always exciting because I love, you know, I've loved going to South America and particularly yeah. Chile and spending time there because I just. I think it's just the best place for bodyboarding in the world, really, in many ways. For sure. Um, so that was saddening, but also, you know, just to have a little break from it all and, you know, do that whole um, focus on other things in life is, is, is a bit of a blessing and, and, a, exactly. and an opportunity as well. Um, what, within the context of, of, the, of the world title last year, did, you know, did you have after after coming so close again because you've come close a couple of times you know like there's been a couple of second places now for you and it's five maybe times, you off. Five times oh, yeah <laughs> I've done the full research on that five times okay yeah. okay so it's beginning to probably sting um what you know did you come out of that loss um feeling emboldened about this year or did you feel fuck this, I'm going to fight, I have to get this sorted out, or where were you at uh, off the back of that? You know, like, what was the thinking for you?
1: Mm, Okay, so last year was kind of a weird, um, not a weird year, but I never set the world title as a um, a goal, mainly because the priority was um, towards the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I just finished, and I really wanted to focus on the premieres, and that took a lot of energy and time and uh, mental uh, energy. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, but things were going really, 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 really well. Like um, especially after winning Arica, that mm-hmm. definitely like put me in the um, in the in the title race. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I miss Nikike. Like because I really like didn't put the world title as a priority. I wanted to go mm-hmm. home after Brazil. I wanted to relax and then work on the movie. Work on the premieres. Then no, I didn't want to miss Erika. And mm. um she so was Antofagasta that had the biggest prize money, you know, of the tour, which was important for me. And mm. then to be honest, like um like I said, the movie the movie was the priority, and the premiere in Australia was a priority. like I, I don't know if I would have gone to Australia without the premiere. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was actually the turning point in the title race for me. It was yeah. really when I started thinking, oh man, well, I could now, now I mean now it's uh, mm. it's something very uh, achievable mm. so it was it's kind of weird like maybe the, maybe not the first title but the second title I really put all my mind into it you know i worked mm. I, I worked for it you know that was my priority mm. I want to be world champion and um and uh, so last year was a different state of mind you know but um well yeah then um then after after Australia, I think we had a we had Sintra that didn't mm. that didn't go well, and uh, I kind of started to feel a bit of pressure, I would say. Mm. And then um, yeah, then heading to Canaries, um, I definitely knew that um, which was funny because it was actually the easiest maybe scenario that I had out of all the world titles. Yeah. Actually, the, f- the first time I was going first for like mm. f- first, I'd never been first seeded before the last event. That was like yeah, the first right. time. So I think being in a hunting spot, I think it's definitely a better one.
0: Mm.
1: And um, well, the, the, the way I see it is, and then um, I've been doing a, lot, a bit of research recently, but the way I see it is, um, I think there's definitely something stronger than, you know, us competing. And I think sometimes people are just meant, there's like some sort of destiny. Some people are just uh-huh. meant to be winning the world title that year. Uh-huh. And I think last year it was, it was Tristan's uh, turn to be world champion. All, mm. all, all, all the things that happened on the last day, you know, mm. just made me think there's definitely something stronger than just us, you know. <laughs> you know, everything was just going his way. Meanwhile, everything was going against me. Yeah. And then if you compare to some um, other world titles, many times this kind of uh, thing happened. I'll, I'll say... Um, I was thinking about, um, like, like me, for example, in 2011, I was definitely not the favorite to win the world title, and mm. I was going against you know, Hardy, Tamega, and Jeff for the world title.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Jeff, and they all lost early, which is pretty yeah. crazy to think about yeah, them, yeah. how good they are and how good they perform at Fronton, and then mm. I had and I had to go still into all the, I think the semi-final, and everything was going my way, everything, it's like, mm. almost like, like I said, almost like it's written things are things are mm. going your way you almost you go in the water you feel that like you're gonna make your heat I just mm. and, and it didn't really happen last year you know um, mm. it, I always felt that like weird like sort of a pressure and a lot of talk you know a lot of talk a lot of um a lot of brainwash from people you know that I was gonna win for sure and mm. I, I was the one always uh, kind of telling people to like don't forget about Sammy and Tristan, yeah, and because yeah. um, I know, I, I know what it is to be a competitor. I know that many uh, crazy things happen in sports, and mm. those guys are definitely talented enough to be doing something extraordinary. And mm. uh, yeah, that's, i feel that's what uh, Tristan did. Like he, it was definitely um, deserved. You know what I mean? Like mm. no one would argue uh, about this world title because he won it um, by winning the last event. Like mm. so, so you don't. You, what, what what what? I mean is, when someone beats you uh, in a very, f- I'll, I'll say a, f- a fair way because everything came down to the last event. Even mm. though like the things, the, the, the things, the thing about bodyboarding is, the problem is every year is different. The format, the heat draw, and that's something yeah, very yeah, yeah. annoying. To be honest, that's the most annoying part for me. Is because mm. you just don't know. You, you just can't get used to something, and then you always think that damn, if, if I had those results a year before, I would have been world champion for sure. Yeah. That's yeah, the thing yeah, yeah. that sometimes got in my mind that I have to kind of forget because every year is different in our sport. That's just the mm. reality of it. Yeah. And then you I was can't like, well, why can't, why can't I count my fifth place in Brazil? Why do I have yeah. to count um, a lower result in Central? It's what, it's what mm. I, things like this goes through your head. And then, um and then so yes, yeah, just to, go, to conclude this conversation, um, after that, um there was definitely disappointment i would Mm. say because because i went from a very like high um i would say high point where um well i definitely could have won the world title and i didn't need much like i almost Mm. didn't need to go to front (laughs) yeah and um and then um yeah so there was there was a big disappointment I'll say it's a big disappointment because um, because you go when when you when you're so close to something um, mm. and you don't get it, it's it's hard. And then and then I just yeah, it's I wouldn't say that I completely forgot about it because every losses in my career, especially like like we mentioned, like I've been for five times to- five times in my, my career, I've been I've been second, and mm. um, and it's not like. I was actually like reading um, an interview, like an old interview now of, uh, of Tamega that actually came six times second. Yeah. And and he, for him, the those second places are very important. You know, he, he considered the second places like almost like a title. You know, that's why he says it's like you, came, you come to be the 10 and, and maybe no, like no one remembers seconds unless uh, um, except the winner. Yeah, you know what i mean the way the winner will always remember who came second yeah so i beat this guy and it's 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 kind of it's kind of important you know but um Mm. yeah definitely like if that was my only shot at the world title and i kind of lost uh, the opportunity that would have been harder to swallow but then like i said like i already achieved that goal like twice and and then every year now it's kind of a bonus i'm kind of happy to just be competing. I, I having, I'm having a different pleasure now. Competing, you know. Like mm. I feel like I don't feel like my career my career is behind me, but I feel like now it's more about I'm I'm in a different generation, and now it's more about you know like try to make the best out of maybe those those peak peak years of my life. And mm-hmm. um, but like this year, I was about to. It was like a different like mix of feeling. I was like maybe I'm I'm out. Maybe I'm gonna t- take a year off. Uh, and then, so before the Covid, <laughs> yeah. before the Covid, I changed my priorities and I was like, I'm, I wasn't going to compete in all the comps, all the events, but I, I was going to go for world title. Now, because um. the, the movie was uh, done, um, all I had to think about was competing in mm-hmm. my career. You know, the free surfing part was just going to be a bonus everywhere I go. I wasn't yeah. going to shoot something crazy anymore. And um, yeah, so I was like, I was going to go to Chile. And I think I was going to go to Canaries and Sintra. That was my, that was my, yeah. that was my goal. That was my yeah. calendar year. No Australia, no, Bra- no Brazil, and I think Steep no South
0: Africa. But, a f- but still very focused on the goal.
1: Yeah, this year I was going to take yeah, a pretty different approach to the world title. I was going to train mm-hmm. differently, and yeah, I was kind of excited. Kind of fe- mm. felt like, man, it's just kind of me against a new generation, and yeah. it happens. That's great. If it doesn't, I mean, it's all good.
0: Yeah. Well, I think everyone who listens to this will be encouraged to hear that you were refocused. It didn't kind of break you to to have that that loss, you know. Because, I mean, you're right. Obviously, I was there. Um, I was actually in your heat as well. In the, yeah. You're in responsible. The <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I had a lucky day. And um and but you know there was this momentum that Tristan had behind him. There was just there was. It seemed like there was just some force that just yeah. kept him going to where he needed to go and for everyone else that you know for you and for Sammy it just seemed like there were these kind of just these hurdles there was always an obstacle that was being put up in front of you throughout the competition you know like it wasn't a clear path but Tristan seemed to have a very clear pathway yeah. for some reason um so now it, it was a crazy a crazy fear even till the very end as well i mean you would, you would you would expect in a in a final at Fronton with Amori laverne in the final you know you, you're going to put all of your money on moz most days um, of the week at Fronton. But, yeah but you know, if, you're,
1: if you if you if you are uh, if you are actually going to put money and you actually look at the conditions of the waves uh that yeah. afternoon you definitely put money on twisted yeah right fair enough you know, sure. know what i mean like yeah
0: it was tricky. It was tricky. It was
1: tricky. It was very, um, mm. yeah, it was very, very, um, I mean, like, it was very clear, like you said, that uh, at some stage, I think nothing could have stopped Tristan.
0: Yeah, yeah, there seems to be this momentum. I mean, what do you, um, I mean, that's three years in a row now of South Africans winning world titles. I, I feel like there needs to be something done about this myself. I'm getting a little sick <laughs> of it. Um, what do you think that's all about, you know? Is there something with those guys that's uniquely different? Do you think that there's a different motivation that comes from them? Like, what what is it? Because there is a trend there. Like, there's mm-hmm. been a bit of a now. Like, have you ever put your mind to that and, and, and thought about what's going on there?
1: Um, well, you know, like, it's... Uh, first of all, uh, like, as South African... And I think I had a conversation the other day. I think... Um, They are very uh, competitive, they are very um, like, I just put it that way, like, you know, the currency is very low and I mean, every time they travel, everywhere they're going to go is just going to be more expensive, you know, they're going to spend a lot of money and and I remember like, I remember Mark McCarthy, uh, you know, really like needing to actually make uh, prize money, to actually yeah, compete right. on the world tour. You know what I mean, and I, I feel like di- this happened to 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 that generation of, you no know, Jared and Tristan Yin. Those guys um, really like needed, you know, to to make good results. And um, and now now they got the contracts they deserve. But you know, and I think you know when when one guy starts to, uh, you know, have su- to succeed on the world tour, you know, that just pushed the other guy, then it pushed the other guy. And um, I think that's what happened right now with that generation. Because, you know, now I, I, I don't know if, uh, I'm doing a research now. I've been doing research on, like, on doing that that work for the APB, like, yeah. research on every world titles. And every year had that, you know, that era or that transition or those guys that just were, like, like on top. And then hmm. South Africa dominating is not something new. Um, I was looking at a year, there were four events on the World Tour just, so it was a short year, mm. and three, three events were won by South African. Yeah, right. Two were won by Andre and one, and one event, and then you had Alistair Taylor that was there, you know, doing great results in small and big waves. And then, and then after Andre, it, you know, it, it was more about Australia, you know? It was with Daniel yeah. King, Ben Player, and then you had the Hardy and mm. Mitch uh, Generation um so yeah it's all about you know and, and then i i can say that you know 2009 10 maybe 10 and 11 Amori and i were like kind of kind of put friends on top of the map for like a yeah, few yeah. years so but right now i really think this, this trio in particular uh Ian, jared and tristan is one of the you know one of the strongest uh uh na- like na- na- nation competitor i've probably ever Probably ever seen in my career. Um, mm. And I think it's a mix between a very, like, a lot of talent, a lot of dedication, a lot of work, and, you know, a very okay. thing.
0: Okay, um, we're just, the, we might have to switch the, the vision off because it's starting to break up a little bit. So do you want to switch the okay. camera off and we'll, we'll continue? Yeah, I'll yeah. just
1: switch it off. YouTube. Yeah, I'll switch mine
0: off too. Hopefully, it continues to record. Yeah, it's how do you sound now?
1: Us? Yeah. I, I yeah, listen
0: you to good. you. Yeah, cool. All right, well, all right, well, I mean, look, I'm, I'm really hoping. Like, I mean, of course, it's really a lot of fun to compete against guys like Jared and Ian and and Tristan, and you know, they've, they've, they're super competitive. So you know, you're probably the same. Whenever you have a heat with them, you really, you want to win it more because you know that they're the, the guys yeah. kind of driving things forward um for sure who who do you see um as the next generation you know who who, who do you expect to see dominating next year like who who, are you, who who yeah what's your pick there for the 2021 tour hopefully if we get it started again <laughs> yeah
1: um well um, i think one of the biggest surprise for me Last year was um, Sammy Moretino. I, have, I yeah. have to be honest, uh, I didn't see it coming. Mm. Uh, I've, I've 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 met Sammy a few years uh, before, and I've seen I've seen I've seen him like obviously ripping, but last year it was absolutely crazy. Like mm. it actually went on another level, and um, it's just a freak. He kind of reminds me like like a Sean Virtue mixed with yeah. Jeff Hubbard, like. And, he's, and, and, he, and he, he's like, he's got like kind of nothing to lose attitude. Like he's mm. just going to go for it. And I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't really care what other people think. He's just going to, you know, he's a very dangerous competitor. I really mm. feel like he's a tough competitor. And um, obviously then you have the Golden, the golden Boys, uh, Tanner mm. McDaniel and, and Tristan Roberts that I believe is the, um, you know, is the, the rivalry of, of this generation, you know. The mm. same way that we had, um, let's say, um, Mike versus uh, Tamega or Tamega versus Ben Holland. Like now we have those, um, those two, I honestly, like some of the most talented rider um, you know, I came across in my career. Um, mm. I really see two like type of, of, of person too. I really think I see more uh, of, a, of a worker on twist and someone that mm. has that talent, but just, you know, works maybe a, li- a, li- a little bit more. And I just see China. That just is just been is probably like you know I'll, I'll say, I think China is the best volleyball in the world right now because it's just you know he he knows how to do everything. He has skills in every every type of wave. Is you can really see like that Max Stewart approach and mm. mix with you know um, Australians and and I think you know those two are just gonna be like the the guys that you just don't wanna just don't wanna have in your hit. You know it's just because mm. they're just like. No, they're not gonna go uh, easy you know Tanner and Tristan every time they, there is a a reverse section're gonna they're gonna go for it which is a
0: yeah
1: which is a transition to be honest like now they're just gonna they, I think they, they push the level to another another stage and um, so yeah you have those three young guys that I'd say are gonna be the ones fighting for world title but mm. then I, I really think um I really think if George puts his mind into it like yeah and works uh, and works for it. I really think George can be the the next uh, Australian world champion for sure. Like he, yeah, he has all he needs to be a world champion. I think he, he has that aggressive attitude that that I'd say that it's been lacking in, on the Australian side for a couple of years. Mm. If you know what I mean? Like I think yeah, since, yeah, yeah. since maybe Ben, I think. It kind of reminds me of Ben in some of the attitude that he has, and um, I think that's great. That's great for the sport, and I really think he can be the one leading the uh, Australian generation. Him and you know his uh, his friends um, Davis and Louis, I really think they can be like you know doing something great for the sport. But I really like you know I really see see George as one uh, as like one top top rider for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he's got the full bag of tricks as well, and yeah, yeah. I think yeah when he when he has that competitive head on he, he he is in a very dangerous um state of performance
1: yeah he with, hasn't uh, done many mistakes yeah. like last year if you yeah. look at his he just he just ended up being in very complicated heat like yeah, he he mm. was against sammy in in Fagasta, i think and then yeah. uh, he was against amori in arica like he's just been things things have been difficult for him you know yeah and uh but he always put on a great performance you know so he lost yeah. with a great performance and once once things go his way you know he
0: is yeah. gonna
1: be there for he's gonna be there for world title.
0: Yeah, if he wants to. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the other side of it that having the focus on that goal and and yeah. you know because there there is a lot of sacrifice and maybe you know a good maybe way to take this discussion is you know like when you when you did focus on winning that world title um, where you focused on the world title you know what was the level of sacrifice that you had to go through to make that a reality? Can you tell the story?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like I said in 2011. I mean, things were. I was I, I was lucky. I need you need luck on your side at some stage. Like you need luck to win the world title. I think. And mm. um, like in 2011, I was not thinking about the world title like at all. Like. Like, uh, Jeff had such a big lead, and I was just, like, kind of, you know, it was such a great tour, but, uh, like, in 2011, so you were going to do six, six destinations, like, Mexico, yeah, Puerto Rico, you knew Fronton was coming, like, it was just exciting, you know, mm. and all, and uh, bef- with three events remaining, like, I had to, like, like Jeff had to lose, uh, like, early every event, and I had to make at least, like, two semifinals and a win to be, like, be, to be a winnable title. And it's mm. not something that I was thinking out in the, at the moment. You know, I wasn't going to that event and thinking, oh, now I need to make the semifinal. Or now I need to mm. win. I was just going event by event. And then there was a huge relief after winning that first world title. And then 2012, I had one of, one of the best years I had on tour. Mm. But I, di- I didn't win the title. And then then I was kind of relaxed, uh, maybe too much. And then when I got second in 2014 to Amori. The anger came back to win mm. the title, and 2015 even more because I got second again to Jared. Mm. When all I had to do was win the heat, mm. and those two years were very hard because those three years are also years of sacrifices because I, I, I put I put a lot of energy into it. I just I didn't I mean I didn't get the ultimate uh, achievement, and then. Mm. Um, and then 2016, I really know that I've been like that was the year that put the most like focus and energy into uh, into the world title and not being like if I don't consider myself as a, as a, as one of the best competitor, um, I've really seen guys like for me the top three competitors that I've been. Uh, that I came across in my career is obviously Tamega. I think Tamega mm. is just, for me, the greatest competitor of all time and a huge inspiration. And then Amori Laveran mm. is, for me, at, at, at the level of GT, like just in in how he he does um, strategies and how he knows how to... He knows how to surf a hit. And then Ian Campbell. Those three guys for me are mm. the top competitors. And I really, like, try to... Uh, Find inspiration from them, and they all are, you know, have something in common, I think. But uh, in 2016, so um, I tried to work on that, you know, on, you know, on strategy and mental, um, mental like uh, work, and that definitely helped. But what I really tried to push was my skills. What mm. I really tried to push was my technique, because in most of my biggest wins, in my, of my career and the reason why I think I won World titles early, I really like think it was because I was able, with my technique, to get out of some situation, you know. Mm. And in 2016, it was a transition year for me that I decided I'm going to go slower on doing backflips. And I'm going to try to show a different side of surfing. And that's when I really, really um, brought and I uh, really worked hard on doing f forwards yeah right and uh, inverts I really I was going in every hit I was going I was focused on doing either an effort or a nervous. that was like something that I really had in mind even like places like uh-huh. Brazil where it's not that easy or even like in beach break mm-hmm. and like when I went to Arica, all I was doing it was almost effort, and it was definitely trickier when you go to Nazare and Sintra and this kind of place mm-hmm. but I still I was I was going for it it was working perfectly I mean, I was doing a very average effort in some heats, and I was getting like nines, you mm. know. And and if I if I, if I if I if I have done a perfect backflip on that same wave, I probably, I wouldn't get a nine. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. So I would say 2016 and until now, I think all my sacrifices and all my uh, work is done through um, through pushing my technique as high as possible because I with the level of riding today. With what the guys are capable of doing, I really think that's mm. what is going to separate me from probably the other. Not, not maybe my my competitive uh, aggressiveness, not not this. So I really had to find something different to do. But that's that's within bodyboarding. Now within the, the personal life, there's also a lot of sacrifices. Which are 2016 was a year I was kind of free. You know, mm. um, all I was thinking about was bodybuilding. World titles, uh, events. What I'm gonna do next? What I'm gonna train next? Now I'm going to this place, and and I put all my work because and because um, especially towards the end of the year, because after Nazare, I knew I was so I was I wasn't first in the ranking, but I knew I was going for a world title,
0: mm. and
1: um, and I knew at the same time I was gonna be a father,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that just gave me an extra motivation, like an extra like anger an extra like purpose i was like okay it's 2016 I, I, I saw it at the time like okay this is my like my last full time full, full year on tour so mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna blow that opportunity and i'm gonna go crazy in canaries and am going and that's i, I had that set in mind that in canaries and everything worked my way i mean i really pushed pushed as far as i could my riding and i was lucky with conditions too i have to be honest i was lucky Uh, I was Mm. lucky the last day that a storm came through because I injured myself one of the days. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That I was about to compete against Diego. There was a huge storm that put the event on hold which made me rest another three days and then the last day was just too big. It was really difficult to do moves. So, Mm. that was perfect for me because I couldn't really do any moves, to be honest. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So, so now, the thing, the thing is that I still have, I'm, I'm still like angry for world titles but but being a father and you know having a kid at home, it's a, always a huge sacrifice. Living, it's always a huge mm-hmm. sacrifice going to an event. And if I don't have a good result, like it's almost it's almost pointless now.
0: It's mm-hmm. not like
1: back in the day where every every event was experience. Every event was something like um, I was doing to achieve a goal. Now every event I go, I go with the I go to actually go to make money and if i don't mm. if i go out uh, if i if i leave that event with negative uh, money like you know in the balance then that's it's mm. uh, it's it's not something good it's something mm. that is that actually for me is a sacrifice it's spending money towards an event and that was the one of the reasons i thought about not going to australia last year if they if it wasn't for the movie and that was the reason why i was i wasn't gonna go to australia this year mm-hmm. so um, yeah spending a lot of time away from my son now is definitely the biggest sacrifice i'm gonna do Towards like any like goals that I will put uh, in my mind.
0: Mm. I think it's a noble thing though. I mean, you'd hope. Um, I mean, I don't have a child, at least that I know of, and um, you know, like it's 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 you would hope that being a father does become the highest priority. Yes. Um, in your life, you know, like I think it's um, you know it's a big responsibility, and you know it probably it does well. Obviously, it has affected your view of. The, where the importance of competition and and winning events is, and um, or or even the experiences of going to places such as Brazil or Chile, you know, like you, it's not about experience anymore. It's a it's a job. It's it's obviously still a pleasure for you, but you know, it does have a very real cost on a personal level, and I think yes. that's um a noble thing that uh, that, that most, or well, hopefully all men who have children can see the world the same way as you when they have them. No. Um, when it comes to the film project, because that you've it's been referenced quite a lot and it'd be great to go through that a little bit as well. You did mention that it was your main focus last year and um, it was a big project. Um, it was done... It didn't look like it was a cheap project. It looked like it actually cost you a bit of money to make that project happen. I mean... How significant yes, it... <laughs> was the undertaking of the um, of the film?
1: um Well, um, I would say the movie cost around like between thirty thousand euro and fifty thousand euro. If I had wow. to, yeah, if I have to go through all the <laughs> plane tickets, all the mm. like, I have to go through everything. And yeah. uh, in terms, yeah, I think the worst part was not the worst part, but the hardest part was the. Um, the energy and and stress uh, accumulated uh, like within the whole project. I mean, mm-hmm. for three years, like you just couldn't really relax at any time because you were um, depending on forecast. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it was it was it was very difficult. I was lucky I had um, I had my wife to just you know be there supporting the project. And uh, yeah,
0: that was a very uh, dem- demanding um, experience. Mm. Is, it, is it one, um, you know, you and I spoke a little bit about it um, just in our own conversation since, particularly after the um, Australian premiere and, and you, you managed to take the, the film itself to many different places around the world for some premieres that you took part in, but then there were many more that took place without you. I mean, what was that experience like? Did there, did it give you that kind of reward that you were looking for from the project to to take it to so many places? And what were some of the highlights? Um,
1: yeah, so I didn't when I was doing that project. Like, I wanted to contribute to the sport that for me gave me everything a man could ask for, and I love bodyboarding, and I really wanted to offer like you know something for the history, you know, and um but I didn't know I really didn't expect so much uh, emphasis and so much like so much rewards uh, for this project. I mean, for me, had yeah, the highlight, and I always like every every time I talk about it, I need to say it, but the biggest the best part and the highlight of this project was were, were the premieres. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that I couldn't predict, something that I couldn't uh, it, something that I couldn't expect. And it started from a very like big high in australia like managing to have all the generations uh of bodyboarding present mm. to for me to have guys like you know like epo mackenzie Wignot, stewart pat cadwell uh, sitting in the cinema with guys like Tanner, tristan sammy mm. and having that middle generation you know like guys like you and ben and jeff and rollins it was it was like a dream come true i mean Mm. Yeah, like I said last year, all my uh, karma, all my energy, positive energy was went into the project because everything mm. went so smooth and well around the world that, and things could have gone so easily wrong. Mm. I mean, people don't imagine how things can get wrong, like like the the file just disappear or yeah. <laughs> the pro, the pro the project just, or you don't even expect if you don't you don't have, like pro, Australia was difficult because it was very mm. expensive to rent a at cinema and we were depending on sales and we didn't know if people would respond really well because it mm-hmm. was something new no one no one kind of done it before you know selling tickets online for a movie so it was everything was just so challenging and a huge like stress huge amount of stress like like going to the stride like competing in the event was just second priority like by far you know and mm. so yeah from that high it just then then it just felt felt like Everyone around the world um, saw what happened and everyone wanted to be part of the momentum. Mm. And then, like you said, like then in Cal- I couldn't go to California, but to have guys like Paul Roach or Jay Real being present. It's something unbelievable. Like everyone wanted to be part mm. of that project. And mm. it's hard to pick one, one place uh, because every place had a different meaning. Like then friends had a different meaning because there was family. And Portugal as well, and Portugal was by by the way the biggest audience mm. we had, with you know more than eight hundred people in the same cinema
0: that's crazy. to watch a
1: bodybuilding movie, which was unbelievable <laughs> for me. It's something
0: that's
1: it's something I won't be able to repeat, you know. Mm. And and one of the biggest, most best surprise I would say, unexpected was Italia. What mm. uh, what the guys did in Italia, being able to rent that fortress and create a like a big party, like a big event, you know, with more than, same, with the same same um, same um, process, selling tickets online, and they were able, before I was even heading to to Italia to sell, like, to sell, to sell out with 350 people, and mm. I was like, what, like, did I miss something? Like, mm. <laughs> you know, what, what, what's happening in Italia? And yeah, then, exactly. Yeah, that was a beautiful experience. People treat, treated me so well there. It was a beautiful country. The, the people there are just so genuine and so like they're great like honestly it was one of the biggest highlights for sure just because of mm. the surprise effect and how, how nice and how incredible um, the event went like it's hard mm. to pick one one event like i said but but yeah, like it was, it was amazing being able to go to the de- to go to all those de- all those destinations. Like also finishing like in South Africa, to was somewhere that I'd never been, and it was like yeah, it was like a dream come true going there and being being able to share moments with all the um, all the all the generation of volleyball, all all the communities around the world of volleyballers. You know, I couldn't put myself everywhere, I couldn't fly everywhere because we had the mm. limit, limited time to release the movie. But like uh, when I went to Puerto Rico, when I went to um, when I went to uh, like South Africa, it was unbelievable, unbelievable to actually being able to be there, do a speech and share. And I really think bodybuilders could really want um, wanted to be part of this momentum, like I said. And it, it was easy for them to in, in in identify themselves to this kind of project because, mm. like for example, like. When you see when, when John 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 his movie View from the Moon, mm-hmm. all, all he did was seven premiere uh, simultaneously.
0: Yeah, You
1: know what I mean? That's all. That's all he did. And he did yeah. one premiere in Hawaii, and he just attended that one. You know, at home. And yeah. I think it, it doesn't work. For, I don't think it works that great for bodyboarding. I think the best part about being a bodybuilder is how humble all all of us are, and we like we want to sh- we want to we want to meet people. We want to we want to yeah. share. Our experience with people—we wanna, we wanna be able to hang out with those people, you know. And I really think that's that was one of the most beautiful part of of this project, and that that made me open my eyes about how strong the community is and how how, how ready they are to support our sport. It's it's it was beautiful to see so many people attended the premiere to be part of this project, and yeah, I really think it just it was a huge um, positive impact for bodyboarding, and yeah. I'm really like happy with how everything went, and like I say, I was going I'm very nostalgic already to talk about it, and <laughs> I just hope someone in the future goes with the project again like this and able to join communities around the world because people love it. People are just waiting for it. That's the truth. People are waiting for it.
0: Why do you think that is, though? Why do you think there is this passion? um in the bodyboarding world because it is a unique experience you write to compare it to surfing you know is is it that there is just a saturation of media in surfing or is it that bodyboarders are exceptionally passionate and dedicated for other reasons what what's your what's your insight off the back of this experience like how do you how do you frame it
1: well i think you know surfing is um became very ma- like mainstream and people you now some of the top guys are just superstars now mm. no like nothing I, I, i'm not i'm not judging anyone i'm just saying like for them to go to an event in europe for a movie premiere is not something they would even like maybe consider you know yeah but for me the whole the, that was the whole point that was actually to, to meet people and um mm. i think mike's explained it really well in the movie actually i really like his word and input saying like if you're a bodybuilder you you mostly into it for the right reasons you know mm. And so, uh, all of us bodybuilders, if we are, if we are actually, if we are bodybuilding, I mean that that just shows like kind of who we are, who who we are, because mm. we all know all together that we never, I don't think we're ever gonna be rich, you know, or or I don't know if how how mainstream we're gonna be you know, in the future. I, I, I don't know the future, but you know, it's gonna be difficult. We have a very hard pass away uh, in front of us, mm. and I just think yeah, bodybuilders just. Very very humble, and and very passionate for the right reason. You know they're doing it because they love it, because they want to wake up in the morning early before work. They want to go Mm. uh, feel that salty water, surfing wave, laying down on the board, feeling very connected to the ocean. They don't want to necessarily push the the technique. They want to they want to just want to ride a a bodyboard because it's fun and. Because it's functional and um, mm. yeah I think that's I think I'm very proud really of of the bodybuilding community because I really think we're lucky you know like there's so many sports there's so many communities around the world and I feel that and like doing this re- research now I think people were complaining from the beginning people
0: from <laughs> since,
1: yeah man it's crazy <laughs> like, since 1982 people were complaining uh, this is not the right way to do it or we don't make enough money we should make more money uh, yeah. so there's, there's that's just gonna be part of 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 us and I think maybe of every community like every sport people are going to complain and because of crit- criticism and because of complaint uh, that 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 usually push things forward but no, no one is happy no like not everyone is happy uh, I'll say no. that not everyone is happy you're never gonna satisfy anyone. And um, and so what I think is we're lucky because in compar- in comparison to other sports like you know and you see it now with the COVID like people are struggling right now and mm. people don't don't really have any any backup like we mm. know that when, when this is over we everyone's broke and we're all gonna be broke <laughs> but we we're gonna go in the ocean yeah. and we're gonna be just feeling so great again that's what my feeling you know like we're gonna be we have we have like when you lose a heat when you lose an event the next day you just go in the water and you just feel you almost forget it you know yeah when w- once you're on that wave you you forget it like you forget it. especially if you uh, you share good waves with friends you it's it's um, unbelievable the feeling and i i, I, I don't want to like change this you know like if you're a tennis player and you just lose wimbledon i don't think you're going to be like on the on the cold the next morning you know and feel good feeling better, yeah <laughs> You're probably gonna enter into depression or something. So yeah, it's,
0: exactly. it's hard
1: to find a, um, it's hard to find uh, a backup, you know. So yeah, so I really think that we should all be grateful and for like for being bodybuilders, for being able to be connected with the ocean. And I think this this situation we're living in now, this COVID, is just gonna make us appreciate even more, uh, we even more life. Like we we we're, we're not gonna complain you now. Like. Well, that that event should be ranked more uh than that, that one because the waves were better when mm. at the moment we, we can't even compete we can't even serve <laughs> yeah. i see people will remember that people remember we can't complain that much like we, we can try to make things better but just let's let's put more positivity into things and work and most of, most of all work together because I think working together it's what it's it's like a, for me it's like a synonym of volleyball. i see once people mm. separate themselves it just it doesn't go real well
0: yeah, I could not have said it better myself. I do like that idea that everyone's just going to be so happy because we're already broke beforehand. It's not like the the surfers who have lost all their contracts and they actually lost a lot of money and stuff like yeah. that. It's actually, it's sometimes it's good to be the little guy, particularly in a big crisis like that. Yeah,
1: that's, that's true. That's true.
0: Mm. Um, no, that was a really good, <laughs> really well said. The um, just to kind of linger on the film just a little bit longer. Um. You know, I, I know that my favourite part of the film was the start, you know, like I, I loved the Moroccan beginning, um, you know, because just to see that speed and uh, that those lines on long waves, I feel like bodyboarding usually takes place on very short waves. So yes. for me, it was really refreshing to watch, um, you know, you speeding through these long barrels in, in Morocco and really showing how a board can be ridden on a wave that you might associate more with a stand-up surfboard. So for me, that was my favourite. But for you, um, you know, what's your favourite part of the film? Um, and it can be for any reason. You know, it might be because of the the journey to make it happen or it could be just the wave itself. But what, is there a, an aspect of the, of the film or a location that really stood out for you as a special moment?
1: Um, yeah, so, yeah, so it's not, I think out of, all the section from all the all the opinions um i had from people i think morocco was the favorite section of everyone
0: oh really uh, yeah, okay. yeah yeah yeah. Cool. from
1: ev- everyone because and that's it, interesting especially you know like like you know when um when, when someone like mitch Rollins tells you yeah he, he loved that section and someone that is for me you know he's been a he's been the best filmmaker you know of mm. the of maybe of the bodybuilding history, he made so many uh, quality movies and um, yeah, for for him to know, talk highly about the movie, especially about that section, made me feel um, very happy because when we we really wanted to make a complete movie, you know, like we really, it's hard to satisfy everyone, but we really tried and one of the best um, thing about a bodyboard is how functional it is and you don't see, um, unfortunately, long waves uh, in videos. No. Nah. When it's it's so so sad because it's amazing to ride the long wall on the bodyboard and yeah and we really wanted to to yeah to shoot that section in Morocco we really thought that was a perfect way to actually open the movie like a, a point break a different wave a new location and um, yeah that was like the, that, that 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 ended up being like because people you know told me that that was the favorite section it really made me yeah that was that was actually a really really nice section and. Um, yeah, I mean, like, having a, I really think we should have a point break on tour. Like, oh, yeah. I would love to have Jeffrey's Bay on tour, to be honest. I would love to have mm, this, yeah, yeah. this way on tour. But, um, but I think, um, like, all the, um, all the, all the, all the sections were uh, unique and different for, for, for various reasons. But I really think how lucky I was in Australia and yep. how, how great everything went. For this, for the movie, I think, yeah, Australia was definitely the best uh, travel I did for the movie. It was just, a, mm-hmm. I always wanted to go to Sass and I took the opportunity to, to make that movie, to go there. And, and Nick Gornall accepted to be part of the movie. And that was kind of a dream um, project for me, to be able to surf with one of my favorite riders and push our skills, you know, in Australia was something that I had in mind, you know, written in the project, but to actually see it unfolding, it was something, like, unbelievable, to actually see it happening. And, you know, like, Josh, Josh Darwin was there, James Kate was there. So it was a really, like, great group, and, yeah, everything went so, 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 so well.
0: Was it really competitive in the water with Nick? Did you find that you were competing against each other? It looked like that in the film, but it was a very competitive um free environment or how would you guys it? Uh,
1: yes honestly um honestly yes yes i think we were uh competing uh against each other but for for different um for like different reason like obviously we were not in the heat we didn't have 25 minutes to express ourselves and most of the yeah. time and nothing in the history uh many Talented people uh, just couldn't uh, identify themselves with the format, um, yeah. and usually, is it the most talented bodybuilders ever? Like guys like Jono Bruce, Jake, Jake Stone. And I don't think the format of competition was really helping, but obviously, we were like shooting together, and we were trying to just get the best footage possible. And mm. you know, Nick was very uh, humble about the project and to be part of it. And uh, really, you know, I'm really thankful to him because he made a huge impact on the movie. And um, there was definitely some competition in the world. There was definitely, but it was very different from actual competition. It was like all I wanted was him to go as you know as crazy as he as he could because everything was uh, was going to be documented and it's going to be part of a project that I hope will you know um, inspire people. So, mm. so yeah, to be honest, there was competition, but a very different one from the, like, a, like a world tour event, a very healthy, I would say, Yeah, it was a very healthy raffle in the water that with the only purpose was to push uh, as far as we could the technique of bodybuilding.
0: Mm. Well, it definitely came through in the film. Um, I think... You know, for me, I've, i I really enjoyed Nick Gornall's writing as well, and it's maybe he's one of those guys that maybe the the competition format didn't fit so well either when it came to um to the competitions he's with. But, um, it was definitely no, it just, does, just doesn't. Yeah, exactly. But it was good to see him in a competitive mindset for so, sure. Um, yeah,
1: he he was he was riding on a on a crazy crazy level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think we covered a lot of ground on our first podcast. There's going to be always more to do and, and more to speak about. But, um, for sure. Maybe as maybe a bit of a closing statement or whatnot. I mean, it is a it is a tricky time for many people around the world. Is there any kind of message you want to get out to everyone who might be kind of going through this crisis and, you know, need a little pick-me-up from the champ?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, yeah, well, first of all, uh, thanks, thanks Josh, for doing this. And I think um, – your podcasts are very helping the sport. It's great to listen out uh, Great to listen all uh, your heroes and uh, even me. Like I love to listen, especially guys from the past. Like it's just mm. great. And um, right so now, different. yeah, no worries. And I do, I know now that it's not the definitely de- definitely a big test for the humanity. Um, I mean, uh, it's one side. It's good for the nature too to have a little break from all of the, All of this. Mm. And we kind of have to see. Yeah, we just need to to remain positive and see the positive sides about about it. Uh, going back for people that can not surf, when you're gonna go back to the water, it's gonna feel like the greatest thing ever, and um, and uh, it's gonna just gonna um, we're gonna have different perspective after that. I really think we're gonna be grateful for little, you know, for things that. We, d- we just took for granted. I mean, like, I miss so much, you know, going to a coffee and ask for coffee. I miss so much um, hugging um, hugging someone or uh, shake, <laughs> yeah. the, shake the hand of someone. Yeah, you can't exactly. even shake the head of someone. They, yeah, no, this, this is a huge punishment. Like, mm. so, so many things that are taken away from us. Mm. And um, yeah, like, just like, take that time to think about how happy we were before. Mm. and yeah just when you when this is finished let's just not um, start the life like it used to be you know like let's just start this new life with just different um, different yeah different perspective different state of mind and uh, yeah I think this is I think this is a test I really think the nature is just showing like look this is what I can do um, I mm. can do the worst uh, so yeah, just take that time off to think about the future, and yeah, and if you don't, if you don't, if you don't do anything about it, next time it's gonna be worse. So mm. yeah, that's that's. Uh, I just hope, yeah, I just hope the big, because we have we don't have much power, so the big leaders will have to take a uh, decision. I just hope, yeah, they take the right decision. But like to do all the bodybuilding community, I just want to say, well, thank you for everyone that's supporting the sport, and um, yeah, I just hope to meet every single one of you in the water one day.
0: Not all at once. Um, Not all at once, especially now. Well, thanks for for taking the time, Pierre. I really appreciate it. It was a long overdue chat. And, um, yeah, I'm stoked we finally got it done. Um, Just hold the line a second while I hit the stop record button and hopefully all this saves the way that Skype says it should all this new technology so hitting stop record now hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast I certainly did huge shout out to everyone dealing with the lockdowns wherever you are I hope you're looking after yourselves I hope you're finding ways to stay motivated and psyched there will be an end to it eventually and I'm sure we'll all enjoy that end no doubt. Um, a quick reminder, there are six of the le Boogie Science Collab Bodyboards available. Six left, 42.5 inches and ready for a few of you lucky folks to get on board and get down and boogie. Hope you enjoyed that episode. I did. And stay tuned for much more. Thanks. La Boogie. La Boogie. La <laughs> <coughs>